Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, Jordan here with the Startup to Scale podcast, and today I have a really fun conversation with Zach, who is the founder of Wildland Coffee. And this isn't your first kind of rodeo with a coffee company. So give me a little bit about Wildland and also your journey to get where we are today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jordan. I really appreciate it. Um, so like you mentioned, I, this is my second coffee company. Um, I've, I've actually been an entrepreneur. I, I consider myself an entrepreneur since I was nine years old when I actually started uh, an e-commerce cake business. I used Yahoo GeoCities to like make a, make a website where someone could like literally make, you know, order a website or sorry, order a cake. Um, I only ever sold one cake to my neighbor. And then I had, you know, I, I shut down the business, the $50 that my mom loaned me. Uh, it was, it was due and I, I, I couldn't pay it. So the business shut down. And that gives you like um, the entrepreneurship bug, like, oh, wow. Like I actually created something and sold something. Yeah. Even if yeah, it was just like, one. yeah, exactly. And yeah, that, that one cake was to my neighbor. So I, I never got, I, I, I never got past the point of making the website, right. There was no payment processing. I, you know, in 1999, like I, I, I don't know what I was doing, but still it was fun. Um, and so fast forward to my first, my first coffee company. And I, I actually got the idea for kind of this style of product when I was uh, doing a lot of camping, living in Salt Lake City. And I was like really sick of using my French press when I was, when I was camping. And I thought like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Like, this is a really dumb problem to have. And so I, I went home and I started Googling. The first thing I Googled was steeped coffee. Cause to me that, that was like how I would have described the product. And it turns out like there's some other companies that do this. Um, Folgers has actually done a very similar product since like the eighties. Um, but there, I felt like the brands that were doing it weren't truly doing a very good job at it. Like the product wasn't amazing. The positioning, the messaging, their target market, I felt like was, was pretty off. And I thought, you know what, like, instead of me going and buying their product, like, why don't I just do this? Like I wanted to, to do a business and like, I think that this is it for me. Like, I, I think this is like the, the thing that I, I want to do. So I, I called my mom's best friend's son, who was kind of like a cousin to me. And he, he was, uh, still is a, he's, he does branding. And I was like, Hey man, like I have this idea. I got this product. Like, do you want a partner on it? And he said, yes. And so we started building the company. Um, that was in a, October of 2019. In November of 2020, I ended up leaving the business. Um, we just had like fundamental disagreements about the market we wanted to approach and how we wanted to approach it. This like just the way that we worked, it was just it just wasn't a fit. And so um, I I ended up leaving and. I, that was like probably one of the darkest moments in my life. Like I, I thought my entrepreneurial journey was over. I, I don't know why I thought that, but like I did. No, but that's really uh, hard, right? When you create something and put so much energy and like your life into it and then have to leave or shut it down. Like it's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really tough, but up until that point, whenever I had started businesses before, and there was like some other things I had done along the way as well, like 
prior to that first coffee business. I had always lacked the confidence to do it on my own. I always thought I needed someone else. And that moment, well, maybe like three months later, after I was like done feeling bad for myself, I thought, you know what? I had a vision and that vision was good. I had, I had very little evidence that that vision was good. I just like knew it. I was like, this is going to work. And so I started Wildland because I didn't get to execute on that vision. And I, and I found, and I founded the company as a solopreneur um, because I wanted partially, I wanted to prove to myself um, that I could do it alone, but not necessarily like alone, but with, without a co-founder to like get validation from. Um, And so that's, that's um, how I got here today. So that was in March of 2021 and it's been basically a year. That's amazing. So I know there's a ton of learns that you've had along the way and a couple of points I want to touch on that I think um, would be very important. So one, I am, I relate to that co-founder journey because my first company was like a meal kit company. Started on my own, did absolutely everything from building the website, taking photos, preparing the food and delivering them by hand. So like did the whole shebang. And then when we launched T-Squares, I was like, you know, I could probably do a lot more with other people. So I went to like the other extreme, I brought on three co-founders. We had investors in the business. So there's like a huge amount of people who are involved. And now the work that I'm doing, I'm just doing that on my own, (laughs) but we'd love to kind of learn, you know, hear from your perspective, some of those lessons of, you know, founders who feel like they need a co-founder versus trying to do and run the business on your own, at least starting it on your own. Yeah, I, I don't think there's like a right or wrong answer per se, but but what I would say is how you form that partnership, I think is much more important than if you do it or not. So what I mean by that is it's really cool when you're first starting, like, oh, everything's going to be great. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, dude. Like, you start getting money involved, you start getting ego, you know, this company starts to take off, people change big time. Like, and I, I, I'm not saying that I'm not like guilty of that too. Um, so what I would tell anyone who's like thinking about this is one, like, what are your skill sets and what skill sets do you, do you lack beyond, you know, you gotta be really honest with yourself. And if you, if you are seriously deficient in an area, you have two options. You could either hire it out or you get a co-founder. So then if you're going to hire it out, then it's, well, how much money do you have? But I actually think the more important question is not how much money you have, but rather how far can you get on as little money as possible? So instead of like spending a bunch of money on like a very professional, and by the way, I actually really like my branding, I got that done for like a thousand dollars. I built my own website, so I, I actually think that people can get a lot further on a lot less money than, like, than you can than you would kind of think. So, it, it yeah, it, it comes down to, is there someone that can just like crush it for you, and do you think you're going to be able to work with them? Can you come to agreement on like who has the most, you know, on like equity and how much money you're putting in, and who has the final say and who has control, or do you just want to like avoid those things and say, Hey, I'm going to spend, you know, $5,000 for, uh, like, 
like a pack, like packaging, a website, you know, a short video, you know, kind of et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, to be honest with you. No, I think that's uh, the right approach. Just really, it, you know, it's, it's easy to say, but setting expectations from the beginning. But what's difficult is when it's a new company, and especially when it's your first time running a company, like who knows what the business is going to do? Who knows when you're going to make money, right? And so even if you say like, oh yeah, we're going to be really successful, what happens if you're not? And then how does that change the dynamic? Yeah, and what I learned through that first experience is, is how I work. Mm. Like there, there are certain things that I have I've talked to a couple of people recently about coming on as not like a co-founder, but like, like a quasi co-founder. Um, and I was very direct with them on like, here are the things that like, this is the way the company is going to be. Um, and there's obviously areas where like, I'm open to a, like not doing it my way, but there are certain things where it's like, this is the company I started. This is my vision. And like, I'm not going to deviate from like certain things within the business. So I, I also think like going through that, it, all, it just taught me about myself. So then I can set expectations for the next person in terms of, you know, maybe some of the things they might not like working or some of the things about me that they might not look like that, that they might not like. And some of the things that like, I think they would like love about me, you know, when it comes to a working relationship. No, that, that makes a huge difference. And that self-reflection often comes from like experiencing those problems, right? So like if you've had, you know, think about how you are at, at work, your current job or school or projects, or like if you are in the startup, like what those negotiables and non-negotiables are, and just be very upfront because you want someone that's going to come in, as you said, that's going to know all those things up front and that you have expressed that as well. Yeah. So Talk about some of the things and how you created Wildland that are different from your previous coffee company. Yeah, so the original vision for the first coffee company was to be very like outdoors, kind of like the way Wildland is. Um, and I, I went down that path initially um, because one, I'm like an outdoors person. So like that market makes sense to me, um, but also, I think the outdoors is where the product and the use case make the most sense. So I'll be a little bit more specific. Um, and this is like, again, like a really big learning that I think everyone should really think about, which is, um, so for people who don't know, the product is coffee in a tea bag. Um, basically you get a French press quality experience with instant coffee convenience. That's the way I like to, to uh, describe it. Um, but consumers, especially when it comes to like their morning coffee, their morning routine, including coffee, it's virtually impossible to get someone to move off of that routine unless you've just got like millions and millions and millions of dollars. Um, and the product is priced in a way where a lot of consumers, I think, would kind of balk at it from a daily use perspective. But then when you get into the outdoors, you that morning, that, that routine is like really disruptive and there are not a lot of great alternatives. Like a French press kind of sucks. Instant coffee's gross. Pour overs are like, again, it, there, there's all, there's challenges with all the other ways of making coffee when you're outdoors. So one of the things that I really learned is like, you have to go after the use case where you're going to encounter the least amount of friction. Um, and where people can easily change a habit because 
any habit, especially around food or beverage, like these are long lasting habits and they're also very cultural. So trying to like fight against all those forces is at least in my opinion is really not worth the battle. So that was like one of the big learnings. The other thing is we, that first coffee company, we spent a lot of money on like going down to Guatemala and meeting farmers expensive, well, for my definition, expensive was $3,000, expensive brand videos, like all these things that like, there's nothing wrong with like those things as, you know, in a vacuum. But when you're trying to like start a business, like everything needs to be like ROI driven, like get revenue and having, in my opinion, super curated content that's like really professionally done. Like it, I don't think it moves the needle. Like it, it just doesn't. And you can easily get a customer to make a 30 second video for you for free that will outsell any brand video that you spend any amount of money on. I love that. And I totally take the same approach and recommend when people bring up brand, like do as much as you can yourself, only invest in the ROI driven activities or measurable activities at the beginning, right? Like if you're nationwide and have 4,000 doors you can't track everything, but at the beginning, you need to be very tight with your, your money and make sure that you're tracking on spend that's going to give you a return. So I like that part. What's also interesting is that I know you don't really invest in Facebook ads or as much paid spend, and you really focus on that niche community um, to really reach new customers. So talk about how you go about doing that. Yeah. So like you said, to date, we haven't spent any money on Facebook ads. We do spend money um, on Amazon ads. Um, makes a lot, little bit more sense for us. Um, but my, my main growth engine right now, honestly, is partnerships. So, so partnerships for me kind of range um, very, there, there's a lot of different like types of partnerships. So um, one of them that I, I would consider are just like wholesale partnerships, but not to grocery stores. Because again, if you're walking down the aisle, you're looking for coffee, you're just going to grab like the whole bean because that's what you're looking for. So trying to get someone again to like stop the whole bean thing, like look over here, should they buy it? Like there's just so much, like so many things that have to go right in that context. Um, so not really like talking about those. Um, but a, a big focus for me is actually wholesale accounts with like outdoor adventure guides. So think like rafting, backpacking, you know, hiking guides, like anyone who's going to go out and actually serve the coffee, like complimentary, that's a big focus for me because they're just like, they're giving the customers the coffee. They're saying, this is your option, drink it. And so that's, so that's like a, that's like a revenue generation activity and it's customer acquisition. So that's nice. Um, I also have a, a partnership with Tenter where it, it's similar to these, to the, to these other like adventure guides. Um, but Tenter has a, a network of, of glamping sites around the country because of their scale. We actually donate the product for this one. Um, but again, it's like, Hey, drink the coffee. It's free. It's right here. Um, and then I, I also like yesterday, we just did a, a blog partnership with a company called Harvest Host, kind of like Airbnb for people with RVs that want to go park their, their RV, like somewhere cool. Um, and it was like, it was totally free. Like they just did it to, to support wildlands. And we generated like 
$600 in sales, which for us is a big deal, like in one day. And it was completely free. What I love about all of those is that it's very on target with your customers. Um, the biggest thing that I realized that brands can do is once you understand who your customers are, how do you reach them most directly? And at that point of usage, right? As you mentioned, going to the grocery store to kind of interrupt their journey and get in front of them, like they're not going to be using it right after they go to the store. It's not part of their normal routine. So you need to reach them kind of when they're either thinking about that activity or like are there on site, right? So if they're reading these blogs or thinking about or currently out, you know, hiking, they're currently out using their RV, they're doing all these activities and you're able to reach them at that moment where they're like, this is exactly what I need for this moment. Yeah. And there's also just like not a lot of companies that are doing, that are taking the strategy that I'm taking. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think I'm some like Steve Jobs, like, like the coffee, like world, but, um, but like, to me, it just makes so much sense to partner with these companies because one is it's like a value add for them. Um, and there's just not a lot of, like, I'm not having to clamor for someone's inbox being like, Hey, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Like I, I send out like mass emails to these adventure guides and I get like a 10% response rate on the first email. And they're like, yes, I've actually been looking for something just like this. Like that's how, you know, the message is like resonating is when people are like, this solves a huge problem for me. Um, and, and so I, I'm always just thinking like, how can I, like, if everyone's like over here, like how can I be over there doing something a little bit different when there's no competition and there's, like people are going to be again in the context that the product makes sense in. Now, eventually, like these things are not like unlimitedly scalable. So this isn't what got, what will get me here won't get me there as the saying goes. But for right now, like this is awesome. Yeah. And you want to maximize these opportunities as much as you can until they run out. Right. Cause as you mentioned, yeah. you're pretty much all free or some actually generate revenue for you. So it's like the, the perfect win-win. Um, what's next for Wildling for the rest of this year? Any new things that you're trying out or any new opportunities? You know, I, just kind of continuing down, down this path. Like, um, we are like super early. I honestly feel like even though we've been in business for a year, I, I do feel like we're like just getting started. Um, and so, you know, we've got some like other partnerships that are coming down, 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 down the pipe with other like RV companies, um, other like camping companies. So honestly, just like continuing down this path and executing on the strategy. Um, we're also going to be releasing, releasing some new products, um, some new roasts and stuff that I think are going to be like really interesting for our customers. Absolutely. Love it. Zach, thanks so much for sharing your journey today. Definitely some huge nuggets for other founders to take away from this conversation. And we'll check in throughout the year to see how things are going. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Jordan.